Hey podcast, welcome to episode 8-0, that's 80, which holy cow is kind of a lot of episodes, we're getting on up there, <laughs> but welcome to episode 80 of the Yours Truly podcast. I am so excited that you are here. I am Claire Tuning, I am your host, the food pun and peanut butter and jelly enthusiast, also a registered dietitian, but that's not as fun to say, <laughs> but the host of your podcast here, and I am so excited that you are joining me for today's episode, where I have not one special guest, but two special guests all the way from Australia. I was so excited to have the opportunity to connect with them and the whole time I was feeling very, very grateful. I just said very grateful. Wow, my words are just uh, doing things, <laughs> my friends today, but I was super grateful to have the opportunity to connect with them because if it weren't for the internet and social media, I don't think at least until you know this point in my life, I've never been to Australia, so I really don't think I would have had the chance to to air quote here, but meet these awesome individuals and have this wonderful conversation with them. So before I officially introduce our guests and bring to you the topic of today's episode, you know what we have to do here as we open up the door into our episode today. We have to take a moment to feature our goal slaying post of the week. This is a post that I always feature weekly from someone in my private Facebook community. This is a free community. It's open for anyone to come and join who is interested in learning more about intuitive eating and this non-diet approach. So before I share her post, I will preface it by saying that this week, or if you're listening in real time to this episode when it releases, the week of February 24th through the 28th is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. It is put on by NIDA, or the National Association for Eating Disorders, or the National Eating Disorder Association. I guess that is the acronym in the order that it is supposed to go in, but it is really a week geared towards raising awareness and support for those who are either currently struggling with an eating disorder or those who maybe have struggled with an eating disorder or disordered eating behaviors in the past. And I am super excited to announce with one of the help of my new interns here at Yours Truly Nutrition. So Austin, if you are listening, thank you for bringing this awesome week and this message to my attention. But um, with his help, Yours Truly Nutrition is actually an official collaborator for this week. So all that means is I will be sharing information on my Instagram feed. I'll be making some TikToks. We're talking about it here on the podcast, again, to raise awareness of eating disorders and to support and really lend that helping hand and that listening ear to anyone who has either struggled or is maybe currently struggling. So the individual whose posts that I would like to feature here and who posted in our Facebook community, I know is a listener of the podcast. So if she is listening... Hopefully this brings you a little bit of joy to know that your post really resonated with me and I really hope other members of the community and I think since it is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, what a better time than to share some of what she offered in her post as a way to talk about this message. The theme of this year is come as you are, hindsight is 2020. So what a better way to spread this message and share the story of someone who is in recovery from her own disorder and who is really, you know, making a stance for change along these lines. So I'm not going to read her whole 
post, but I am going to read a really important excerpt from it that I think is super important to understand and just be aware of no matter who you are, no matter you know what kind of friends you have, no matter where you work, because really anyone around us can be struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating, and they don't necessarily have to quote-unquote look the part um, because that is very much a myth. So what I would like to share from her, she writes, eating disorders are glamorized by many and so incredibly misunderstood by others. Let's get something straight. Eating disorders are not a choice. It is not self-control and it is not a lifestyle choice. Eating disorders are life-threatening illnesses. They are as sneaky, they are sneaky and evil and they take over the mind, affecting the body. I still cry as I recall everything my eating disorder had me do unto myself and sometimes I feel guilty as I can see what I have put my family through. I cry when I remember how convinced I was, thinking I was, quote, in control. My disorder took over my life and I have finally taken it back. So she goes on a little bit in her post to share a little bit more of her story, but really that one paragraph that she wrote stood out to me because how normalized and as she puts it, glamorized are a lot of really disordered and negative behaviors around food in the world that we live in and how understood it can be to be someone who is really struggling with food or intake or struggling to nourish our body. So again, let's get something straight. As she said, eating disorders are not a choice. They are not a matter of self-control. They are not a lifestyle choice. They really are a serious, life-threatening illness. And yes, they are treatable and there is hope if you are someone who is struggling with an eating disorder. If you are, I highly encourage you to reach out to your treatment team, to family, to friends, to someone who can really point you in the direction of the support and the help that you need because you deserve it. You deserve health. You deserve to be nourished. You deserve to live a life that is free from disorder. So in the the midst of sharing here a little bit about Eating Disorder Awareness Week or National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, if I'm going to use the whole, the whole phrase and the hashtag there, I thought it might be interesting to share a couple of facts. I shared these on Monday on my Instagram story, but kind of echoing what this individual wrote in her post, I think it is really important to draw awareness towards these illnesses and just, you know, raise support for anyone who might be struggling or who has struggled in the past. So eating disorder rates have significantly increased in recent years, especially in Western cultures like here in the United States. And really interestingly so, as eating disorder rates rise, we also see a rise in our fixation on dieting for weight loss and really trying to manipulate our bodies and placing weight above all else. So it really isn't a coincidence, I think, that we see incidences of eating disorders on on the rise as we also see um, messages on the rise that are really teaching us to fixate on controlling our bodies or being a certain size or you know restricting food at the expense of some other dimensions of our health. Uh, as she said here in her post, eating disorders are not a choice and they can really affect people of all genders, all ages, races, ethnicities, sexual orientations, body sizes, and weights. So I know oftentimes in the world that we live in, we may have a certain you know, picture in our minds of who an individual with an eating disorder might look like or look like or what they might look like, but I'd really encourage you to open your mind and open your perspective to say, 
say any person, no matter their body shape or size, no matter their gender, no matter their race, their ethnicity, anyone can be struggling with an eating disorder. And they, those individuals who are struggling might not always match that quote unquote picture of what we are taught to believe or who we are thought to think um, might have an eating disorder or disordered eating behavior. So again, the theme of this Nita Week 2020, or National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, is come as you are. Hindsight is 2020. So if you are really looking for ways to help support this message and just be an advocate for a positive and a nourished relationship with food in your own life, maybe think about ways that you can compliment people on you know things beyond how their body looks, right? Complimenting on someone's talents, on their abilities, how they make you feel. Maybe you can think about talking about food if you have to talk about food at all. But if you're in the health profession, for example, someone like myself, a doctor, a nurse, you know, if you have to bring up the conversation of food, maybe you can bring it up from the perspective of nourishment, of bringing joy and satisfaction and pleasure into someone's life rather than manipulating food intake for the sole purpose of losing weight or manipulating one's body size. So again, if you're looking for a way to help people come as they are and nourish their here and now bodies, I really encourage you to focus on, you know, complimenting on non-body shape and size things, you know, having those positive comments towards food and really reassuring your friends and family and everyone around you that they are worthy just as they are and no body manipulation, no weight loss, no new diet is needed to you know be the best version of themselves so again happy national eating disorder awareness week i hope this message maybe taught you something maybe you learned something maybe it gave you something to think about because it is a highly highly important topic now, without further ado, that we have featured our goal slaying post of the week, um, now that we have talked about Need a Week 2020, I will tell you if you would like to come and join our free private Facebook community. I would love to have you again. It is filled with individuals who want to learn more about intuitive eating, want these positive messages around food and bodies in their lives. You can simply head to my bio on Instagram and fill out the application that is linked there. There, or you can search the Yours Truly Goal Slayers on Facebook and request to join our community. And then once you do so, I will be messaging you privately from there to send you the link to the application. So please keep an eye out on your inbox. But now, da da da, -da without further ado, I am so excited to introduce our not one, but two, like I mentioned earlier, podcast guests for our episode today. So you might know them from the What the Hell Do I Eat podcast. I typically keep it pretty clean here as far as language is concerned on the Yours Truly podcast, but that is the name of their podcast. These women rock the socks off of that podcast. Does anyone say that anymore? I'm not sure. Maybe some of my verbiage is antiquated, but they are 
so fun to listen to. They're very much on the same page with what we stand for here on the Yours Truly podcast of a non-diet, intuitive eating, weight-inclusive approach. And I am so excited for you to not only learn about them and what they do, but for us to also cover who the heck is Becky and how can we maybe unlearn some of the, the mindset and the languaging that diet culture has taught us and what are some steps, you know, some everyday things that we can take to getting a little bit closer and more connected to our, you know, natural inborn intuitive eater. So the two women who I would love to introduce to you today are Monica Fenwick and Nadia Felsch. They are two um, certified nutritionists. It is much like saying a registered dietitian here in the United States, but since they are from Australia, their credentialing is a little bit different, but they do have here on their website that they are credentialed by their tertiary education, not social media. So they have the background, the knowledge to really be sharing all of this positive and wonderful information with all of us. But again, these two individuals work separately in their own businesses. They work one-on-one with individuals to help them improve, mend, and strengthen their relationships with food through the non-diet intuitive eating approach. And then they join forces. They come together to co-host the show, the What the Hell Do I Eat podcast. So to share a little bit about their podcast, I'm going to read straight from their website because I love how they have this worded, but this will give you an idea of their message and where they're coming from so that you can head into this interview really knowing as much as you can the three women behind the mics here. So about our podcast, created by two nutritionists, qualified by tertiary education, not social media, created because those that know less say more, and to drown out that noise, we must be louder, created to empower, provide insight and confidence, bust myths, and have well-rounded conversations just as we do every day and now we're hitting record on that are you on a diet and hating it have you failed on a diet confused by what to eat struggling with body image stressed about food if so you're in the right place and you are so welcome here So they release a new episode of their podcast every Monday, and you can find their podcast exactly where you are finding this podcast. So again, I really encourage you, if you love what they have to say, they are both so fun and knowledgeable, and they complement each other so well. I hope that you will go and search out their podcast. But now, without further ado, here is my conversation with Monica and Nadia. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I am sitting here with not one, but two guests today <laughs> from their podcast, the What the Hell Do I Eat podcast. I have Monica and Nadia, who she trained me to, to say her name correctly, which I'm <laughs> that. Um, but they come from very far from where I am there in uh, Australia, and I'm so excited to have them on our show. So as I told you guys before we hit record, I I have a couple of this or that questions that I always use. It's like my game show type of thing to, to introduce our guests. So um, I'll run through them and you can answer in whatever order seems fitting. So first one, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, first one, text or phone call. What do you prefer? Uh, depends who I it is. I know Monica's answer. <laughs> depends who it is, but I think text. I'm, My husband always says I'm so awkward on the phone. I'm phone call. 
<laughs> okay. So we have, we have half and half there. The, the jury yeah. split. I think yeah. it kind of depends on like the, the context of the Exactly. Context. I agree with that. Yes. Well, if it's someone you like, it's a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's someone not so much, you just want to shoot him a text. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I stand by that. <laughs> All right. Second one, when it comes to movies, do you prefer comedy or horror films? Ooh. Oh, Comedy. Yeah, comedy. I think I'm, I'm beyond the age of finding horror films yeah, entertaining. Yeah. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> Definitely comedy. No, it's more just like I just literally can't sleep when I watch a horror film, so I might yeah. have fallen off my right. way there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I could have guessed that might have been your response based on everything <laughs> that I know about both of you so far, that comedy, wanting so <laughs> to laugh it up would be, would be something important. Um, the next one, now this is a food-focused one, and I'd like to preface that I'm not trying to say one food is better than the other, right? We know um, in our food background, that is what we Yeah. <laughs> preferences right preferences not rules but when it comes to um carbohydrate delicious types foods do you prefer bagels or toast toast i don't really eat bagels toast i I love bagels Uh i think a thick cut sourdough loaf like bread i eat bread more so toast Mm. your dog is also called toast toast. you should probably say toast (laughs) Didn't you, aren't you, I, I believe I read it somewhere on your website or social media. Nadia, aren't you like a giant avocado fan? Yes. Yeah. I, so my dogs are called Toast and Avocado. No way. You have two dogs. <laughs> two dogs. <laughs> that is the greatest thing I've heard in a long time. All of, they're actually Insta-famous as well. Yeah, right? they're quite Insta-famous. <laughs> wow. So. I will have to, I will definitely remember their names <laughs> once okay. we're done. I'll have to give them a look. All, all of my listeners know that personally, here again, food preference, I just don't love avocados. It's something about them, right? But I Maybe so... Yeah, the texture, the color. I'm not really sure what it is, but I'm so in awe. You didn't as a kid? No, no. It was a... I don't think it's very cool though here. Yeah, no, it's very like Aussie now to have avocado on toast. That's the thing where like that you order when you go out. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's definitely a thing here in the States as well. Like there's a, a joke that like restaurants just make their entire profits off of avocado toast. <laughs> they charge like nine or ten dollars for a single slice of toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I had two dogs I'd call them peanut butter and jelly maybe that might be more cute. that's cute I'd probably call them yogurt and croissant then yeah if yeah. we're talking or maybe yeah, cheese Monica's favorites yeah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> cheese pepper and jack that'd be cool yeah right? that's cute <laughs> I love it well um I don't blame you for picking the toast I feel like it might be a little more versatile especially to Monica when you said the thick sourdough loaf yeah. like Delicious. when you really customize it like that they're there are a lot of options right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one, Facebook or Instagram? If you had to pick um, one to only be on for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Instagram. Yeah. I'm Nadia knows I'm pretty shocking going on Facebook, <laughs> even though I, I actually have a love hate relationship with all social, uh, all social media. I don't really love it, but if I had to pick one, probably Instagram. Yeah. There's far funnier. Yeah. Like if, if it's for a personal use especially yeah. the, the meme content yeah. on instagram unless reading yeah just looking at pictures 
Yeah, I think they're they're both good for different purposes. Yeah. But I agree the 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 memes sometimes that you find on Instagram yeah. are hilarious. And two, this isn't part of my this or that segment. But speaking of social media, have you all been aware of the the TikTok craze that's now taking over the world? Yeah, I don't really know I, what it. It's I like a three second is. video or something. Yeah, I, I don't I really have, know what it is. I have niece and nephew that explain things to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that old. You are so old. <laughs> I definitely didn't know what it was until two months ago or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like we're probably not, I don't want to be ageist, but I don't think we're in the age group for TikTok personally. Okay. Yeah, it's well, really too. sad we're beyond that now. <laughs> well, something, I, I really do think it started with, like, the really young generation, and I think it's starting yes. to, like, go up, like, day by day. I, I recently hopped on there, and you want to talk about things that are highly entertaining, and, like, the memes, but in video style. Like, I literally, last night, I was in tears <laughs> on my couch, laughing so hard at, at a TikTok video. Granted, you know, but, to check it out. Yeah, yeah, check it out. There's a, a ton of diety stuff on there as well. So uh, you could help us. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we go too far down the TikTok rabbit hole, the final question of the segment that I have for both of you, which I'm hoping will serve as a really good segue into our conversation, diets or no diets? <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Uh, I believe for both of us. Yeah, yeah safely say. no diets. Yeah. <laughs> No diet. I, again, could have guessed that, but uh, I didn't want to. <laughs> Wanted to give you all the opportunity. Good to check, though. Good, Good to, to check. check. No assumptions. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, like I mentioned, that sets me up. I set myself up there uh, very easily <laughs> to, to go into the rest of our conversation. But um, both of you all are nutrition professionals yourself. You're a nutritionist. You practice from the non-diet perspective or from that non-diet lens. So I'd love to just take a moment for anyone who's like, okay, you know, these laughs have been great so far, but who the heck are these two individuals that Claire has on the podcast? Just maybe take a moment and each share about yourself, a little bit about what you do, and then maybe how you have come together to start your own podcast. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm Nadia, for those who cannot see me, I'm like Claire, who can see me. Um, I have been a nutritionist for coming up to two years since I graduated, and I'm a specialist in the intuitive eating approach. And my obsession, I guess you could say, is helping women no longer be fearful. So to not think about food in such a black and white um, way that is external to them. It's so exciting to see that progression with women uh, and to kind of reconnect them again to what I think is really innate. And I know you would would say the same, Claire, and I know Monica would as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess from the perspective of like my life, I'm mid 30 so this isn't what I've always done my background is actually in sales and swimwear funnily enough so <laughs> diet culture central to be honest for sure modeling swimwear or? I did not model <laughs> swimwear no I sold swimwear <laughs> modeling for me but it was a I guess a good introduction to how this is just everywhere in every industry this kind mm. of insidious pressure on women to look a certain way and, and diet to look that way um, so I think professionally, when I got to my late twenties, it just felt really like I was not in the right place. And, um, I went back to uni in my late twenties to kind of retrain in this industry. So I have never looked back. 
and um, I'll let Mon share her uh, her little background yeah. and then we can talk about us coming together. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, so my story is a little bit like Nadia's. Um, I am a nutritionist. I'm currently undertaking my intuitive eating certification under um, Evelyn and Elise. Um, I graduated from uni about a year and a year and oh my god, I kind of remember. Anyway, um, some time ago, some time. And I think like my focus in uni, you always want to try and help everybody and kind of you think as a nutritionist and I think people think as nutritionists they come to you and you're going to tell them what to eat essentially mm-hmm. and I think when I was studying that is what I thought I was going to be doing and then you kind of leave and you go into the real world and then you see that um, there's so much information out there that is almost disempowering I think people think that the more information that they have the better it is but I really think that there's just an information overload and people don't know what to eat anymore because essentially diet culture, they are the ones diet culture essentially wants to disempower us to make us think that we don't know like what decisions we can make for ourselves. So I think um, my, I guess, mission in life is to help people essentially Becky's we'll talk about Becky. I'm sure a little bit later. Yeah. (laughs) But to help Becky, um, you know, I guess, become innate again and, you know, make decisions for herself and not rely on external influences. Yeah. It sounds like both of you are kind of kindred spirits. Like you both have, you know, similarity. Yeah. Uh, Like we said to you before you hit record, um, people actually, well, they call me Nadia all the time. Like we go to the same cafes and they're like, so Nadia, I'm like, no, no, I'm Monica, but I know what, I know you're talking about. That's fine. fine. We have a, um, I think, a shared interest and kind of, even though we like to make light of it and we like, you know, in our show and our podcast, we try not to be so serious because we know this is serious stuff, but having, I guess, a shared passion, you know, I think as women, especially, there's so much we're capable of doing. I mean, all humans, definitely, but being women, we have more of an interest Mm. in, in caring for women and having this huge amount of space taken up in women's brains about the way they look and the way they eat or should apparently eat. Mm. And our industry, I think, is a huge part of the problem. And that's kind of actually how we bonded initially over our complaints, (laughs) (laughs) our internal complaints, I guess, about what we were learning at university that was really flawed in its approach, in our opinion. Uh Yeah. Very kind of black and white, very one size fits all, very prescriptive yeah, as that's opposed a good to considering everyone's relationship to food is different and unique and complicated. And we definitely don't learn that at uni. No. It's, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, we don't learn no that in the States either. I know our, our schooling is maybe a little, a little different, different, largely yeah, the same, yeah. but I can say 100% the same thing, you know, went for me. I learned a very prescriptive version of nutrition. Yeah. It's like, this is what you eat. This is what you don't eat. This is how much you're for everybody. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Little air yeah. quotes. Um, but yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So anyways, keep going. I love the, the connection story. <laughs> Well, it was actually um, Monica's husband, we have to give him credit, had said, you know, I think probably he was sick of (laughs) listening to the two of us independently and suggested, right? Yeah. I think he thought we used to just like organize double dates and Nadia and I could just talk. (laughs) And not talk to our husbands, just talk to each other. Yeah. 
So he was like, I think you just need to hit record and start a podcast. And at first I just thought it was like a flyaway comment. He was joking. And then I, I brought it up to Nadia and she's like, I love it. Let's do it. And then I think within a few weeks we had a plan. Yeah. This is, this is only kind of April or May last year. This yeah. was really not that long ago. Um, we had an outline of the purpose and like why, you know, if we're going to go to this effort and I guess it's a little scary. I'm sure mm. you felt the same, Claire, when you started. Like it's a little bit overwhelming and intimidating to do it. You know, professionals do this stuff and we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always, um, I always kind of joke that when you share with someone, oh, I have a podcast or I'm doing this, I, I feel like it's like, oh my goodness, what? Like, you know what you're doing? And it's like, no, yeah, not really. really. Definitely not. <laughs> right? Google tells us what we're doing. Yeah. Yep. We've, we've, we've Googling. just YouTubed our way yeah. through setting up things. And yep. I guess having, I mean, what's overwhelmed us, I think, is how the response from our kind of Definitely. Australian audience Although we do have a bigger audience than we imagined globally, predominantly it's an Australian audience and that makes sense considering where we live and yeah. time zones and all those kinds of things. But it really surprised us. And I think uh, yeah. um, I feel like by no means are we saying things that nobody else has said before, but just our way of saying it or the fact that there's two of us and we're a bit ridiculous sometimes and we have yeah. colorful language at times yeah. particularly myself <laughs> I think it just struck a chord with people yeah. and what they were thinking but no one was saying to them exactly yeah, yeah. And I think it too, I really resonated with what you said a couple of moments ago about, you know, it's not that I'm saying anything that no one has ever said before, right? I grew up, yeah. my dad would always say, there's nothing new under the sun, right? There's nothing new. Absolutely. But I think there, there is so much to be said for being able to share something in your voice with your humor, right? I love that, that you mentioned a couple of moments ago, you know, what you talk about is very serious and it's very real, but you kind of sprinkle in a little bit of your personality and you make it in the format of a conversation that so many people can likely connect to. They can likely, you know, yeah. see a little bit of themselves in each of you. So it's no surprise to me that it, that it hasn't been that long, but the, the message has really gained a lot of traction. So I'd love to know, because you mentioned it was last April, May? Yeah, our first episode dropped May, the 3rd of June. Yeah, beginning of June. Okay. So you're coming up on a year anniversary yeah. here in a couple yeah. of months, but <laughs> yeah. um, I, I know the first year of podcasting because I have been there myself as well. Yeah. There's a lot of learning curves, right? Learning what your audience wants, learning yeah. the, the topics that really resonate with, with your listeners. So what has been maybe one of the biggest lessons that you've learned or maybe one of the messages that went a lot farther than you thought it was going to? I'd love to just know a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a good, what do you that think? Really what have question. you like learned or, or what do you think has changed for us even in what we've. I think we're definitely now more driven by Becky in terms of like, we are quite engaging all um, on social media. So we ask our followers a lot of the time, like what they want to hear from us. And I think that's really helpful because it means that we're giving them what they want and mm. not just assuming we know what they want. Um, I think that one's been really, I think at the beginning of the season, obviously, or season one, obviously, because we were quite new, our following was you're quite kind of small. You're kind you're of guessing. guessing. <laughs> and I mean, we, we clearly guessed right because yeah. people were jumping on the bandwagon. But yeah, I think season two has definitely been driven by what Becky wants. Um, 
And I think, should we define Becky? Oh, yeah. Should should we? Yeah, I I would love that. That, as we, before we hit record, I was like, I'd love for you to share who Becky (laughs) is. I know she's a character. So share a little bit, yeah, about who she is and what she means to your show. It's complex and it's not. It is. So simply, yes. So, yeah, to put it simply, Becky is, yeah, all of us. It's, we've either a Becky right now or we've been a Becky in the past. And Becky just represents, um, I guess, she's lovable but she's also (laughs) someone that we laugh at because we love we try and make because light of a serious topic like you said yeah she gets engrossed in those headlines that Mm. say lose five pounds i'm 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 being kind to the american audience here five pounds in two days yeah um for us it would be kilos Kilos, obviously um (laughs) which is actually a different weight yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but she she's still really feeling a bit sucked into and completely understandably because we've all been there or are still there the messaging of diet culture and it's it's fixation on weight manipulation and 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 a particular weight we don't know what that is because i don't think diet culture sets a particular weight that is desirable Mm. it just is always less apparently exactly right um and that fixation on the new hot diet the best superfood you know, this, this, I guess, a more vulnerable personality to, yeah. oh, that's what, you know, my friend's eating. I guess I should do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that worked for her wedding or there's also this element of fear and worry. And as yeah. serious as that is, we do like to make it funny. So we yeah. have, you know, in our episodes, we talk about a Becky tuna salad and a Becky tuna salad is what every dieter has had, which is tuna and, you know, lettuce. (laughs) So, and and lemon juice, maybe (laughs) spice it up a little, add some citrus. There's nothing wrong with that. As you said before, like it's not about demonizing certain types of foods, but Becky would eat a food or a meal like that in the hope that it would change her body. Not, not in respect to, fueling her body or satisfying herself. And I think Becky is sometimes on the fence, would you say? Yeah, I think Becky definitely, but I think Becky knows that, you know, she, um, I think she knows where she wants to be, but diet culture is just so loud at the moment that it kind of um, blurs the lines for her a little bit sometimes. But I think... I was just going to say, a common message we'll get from viewers is I didn't realise how much of a Becky I am. And that actually, as as sad as it can sound, it's so great to read because I think acceptance and awareness is part of this Mm. process of getting yourself to a place of not being so conflicted by things you hear um, and, and being able to take the control and the empowerment back into taking care of yourself in, in the way that works for you. Mm. And so whilst we aim to inform and educate and entertain, I guess, <laughs> I think to answer your question, I guess we definitely have more of a, an idea and a vision of who we speak to every episode compared mm. to when we started. And so mm. it definitely gets easier, like Mon said, to create the content that Becky will resonate most with. Yeah. Um, 
And I think a lot of it, we haven't really changed what we've done enormously. No, we've, we've tried to make our episodes shorter. Yeah, we've tried to make our we've episodes done. a little bit shorter. I feel that struggle. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, we've been told we ramble a little bit, as you can probably see right now from the last 10 minutes. Um, yeah. And be more um, efficient to yeah. the point. It's, it's, yeah. it's definitely not my strong point. And so I'm lucky I have Mon to reel me in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like to that point, you know, it's super challenging in the intuitive eating and in the health at every size space. There, there's so much, right? Like there's so yeah, much right. layers. It can be very challenging to be concise and to the point. And I will say very open and honestly, that's something that I too am <laughs> always trying to work on. But, but I love that description that you gave of Becky, who is she? What does she think? Um, how do you speak to her? And as you were kind of describing, it really reminds me, I have an analogy that I use with all of my clients. I'll, I'll share it. Maybe you all can tell me if it's yeah. kind of along the same lines of your Becky, yeah. but I, I call her the girl in the back seat. Um, I, I tell my clients that really, you know, one of our goals on this journey is to put you back in the driver's seat, right? So that you yeah. know where you're going, you can trust yourself to make the turns, you can speed up, you can slow down, right? You, you are in full control, but sometimes you have that. this passenger in the back seat. I call her the girl in the back seat. Sometimes my clients call her like <laughs> other me or like, you other know, me, other yeah. Claire, <laughs> if it was me, but it's the voice that is very much informed by mm -hmm. the diet culture that we live in. She likes to shout really unhelpful things at really inopportune times. Like you're adding mayo to your tuna salad, <laughs> like all of yes. these things yes. that you were mentioning a couple of moments ago. Um, so it sounds like my analogy and your Becky maybe are, are yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm wondering, since we both kind of have these similar characters in some of our episodes <laughs> and in some of our, our ways of speaking and sharing our message, do you think that voice can be taught? Can she learn a new way? Is that a really challenging process? How would you go about kind of taking that voice or taking that Becky and making her less of a Becky, if that makes sense, or, or yeah. turning down the voice on the girl in the back seat, as I would say? Yeah, I like. I think definitely you can. Would you agree? Yes, like, I think 100%. you can definitely. Yeah, I think of them, those those that noise or that voice. Like I would think of it like they're automatic negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like Becky has learned to be negative, or yeah. or back the other girl in the back yeah. has learned to be negative. Um, and you know, if anyone has ever spent any time in a kind of psychological therapy or even meditation, you know, the the cognitive awareness of just having those thoughts as part of the retraining, noticing that they even come up, mm -hmm. noticing that the girl in the back says, you're too, you're too overweight to have mayo on your tuna, that's not allowed, rather than addressing, do I want mayo? How does mayo yeah. make me feel? Do, which type of mayo do I like? Yeah. Um, the awareness, I think, is part of the retraining. 100%, yeah. Which definitely is not easy. I don't want to act like I think it's a simple process and I don't think it has a time frame either. Obviously you would agree. I'm sure Claire that every client is so different. Yeah. And some people probably are more, um, like it just at different phases, exactly. you know, maybe more able to turn the noise down on certain days. Mm -hmm. I think I was thinking about this recently that diet culture sets us up to do lots of things at once often. So, you know, we're trying to eat more veggies, which is great. We're trying to sleep better, which is great. 
we're trying to be better partners or employees or business owners or whatever. We're we're doing it all in like one day. Mm. We can't often seem to just give ourselves a bit of time and space to explore one positive thing at a time and just get really good at that and get comfortable with that. I think women especially are kind of, I just think we put way too much pressure on ourselves. I don't think I ever realised how bad it is, even for myself. We just talk ourselves into adding another thing to our schedule. Mm. Um, And that we have to be the, like, every aspect has to be the best. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, is a societal pressure on Mm -hmm. women, which is far bigger than a conversation just about food and and appearance. But it fits into it because we don't often give ourselves the space, I think, like if you're just working on one positive thing in your life, that's fantastic. You don't need to be doing 70 of them at once. And the likelihood of failure is higher the more we take on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I, <laughs> I love this. Like the text is like one person shares and you're like, yes. <laughs> like, I love that. that on the back. Thanks. Was it concise enough? I think it was. You, you said that really well. Yes. You all, you all are going to make me want a teammate. I'm like, man, I feel lonely over here. I know. It's really nice. It is it's, really nice. I love that. But I love too that you're kind of um, combining. Oh, someone's trying to call me. Going to decline that. <laughs> nuts over here. The joys of recording a podcast live decline. Um, but I love that you kind of r- relate to the, the voice of Becky or, or the girl in the back to just those automatic negative thoughts that we have that you know, we're not born into the world having negative thoughts around these things, right? We're really taught them. We're taught to feel a, way, a certain way around food. We're taught to think certain things about our body. We're taught mm-hmm. to maybe want to improve all the things at once, like you were saying. And I think something that you were sharing that I say a lot to my clients, because I'm sure both of you working with clients yourselves would agree that sometimes when we start in an intuitive eating journey or on on the non-diet path that like anxiety of overwhelm can set in so easy so many things that I want to change and it it can almost kind of feel demotivating or like I haven't made the quote-unquote progress that I want if I feel yeah. so overwhelmed and so overloaded all the time, which m- might be one of those like Becky thoughts or her girl in the backseat thoughts. So <laughs> yeah. I- I'd love to know from, from each of your perspectives, if you're, you know, working with a client or maybe you have a podcast listener who's like, I love what you share. I, I want, you know, more of this freedom. I want to overthink food less. I just want to feel, you know, better in my body and better about my own decisions, but I don't know where the heck to start. Um, <laughs> Um, how would you maybe guide them to identifying the the place or the area or the category where they can choose that one thing and then just kind of keep the momentum going from there? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think the first kind of step is probably, um, I guess, like the rejecting the diet culture mentality and kind of, um, you know, recognizing it. And I think I mean, Becky, the Beckys that listen to us, I think they say to us all the time, like, oh my God, now that I see it, I can't unsee it. I see it everywhere. Like I see it on Instagram. I see it in the media. I see it on bus ads driving past us. And I think that first step is something that's like really liberating to people um, because then they're able to understand that that is diet culture, that that's not, it's not something that, um, that I need to buy into, I guess. Um, and I think something out of, what would you say? Sorry. Well, I, I agree. Cause that helps yeah. build the momentum and the confidence. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of, I don't, I, I like what you said. I don't need to buy into this. Mm-hmm. It's there. 
it exists and where. And then you can't unsee it because it's just everywhere. It's yeah. on your in your gym. It's you know the people around you talking about it. It's the people next to you in a cafe talking about the diet yeah. that they're on, um, and that they're telling their friend that they should be yeah. on. So, yeah. I find I really with clients. You know, everyone is so different. Uh, unlike what our education might have kind of led us to believe (laughs) Mm -hmm. about humans. And whilst to that end, I do agree that we pretty much all need the same things, you know, a nutritious, varied diet and shelter and love and And movement. And yeah, I get that humans are very similar, but how we go about that or the amounts or the timings and what we value are all so different. And Mm. so when I'm meeting a client, I feel like they give a lot away in terms of where the best area to focus is on immediately because it might be the things that they keep repeating. It might be certain phrases or ideas that come up even like really quickly. I mean, we all do that. We all give away, you know, that's the point of the therapeutic relationship, right? Is to build that trust quickly and have that rapport so that they do feel comfortable to, you know, say, Oh, you know, for instance, if someone was to mention they ate bread, several mm-hmm. times in a few minutes, I, I can identify that potentially there's a bit of a food fear yeah. and mm-hmm. maybe we can give some attention to what's going on with those food fears. But, you know, the the structure of working, as again, you would know, Claire, and I know Mon knows within intuitive eating is the scale uh, recommended, the intuitive eating kind of assessment scale. Mm-hmm. I actually find that incredibly helpful. I know clients do as well to kind of pinpoint those key areas to start with. So yes, someone might be completely non-intuitive and might perform in the assessment to show that. Um, But I find that there's generally a theme even in how they talk about their answers. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, the assessment asks questions such as, I try to avoid certain types of foods high in calories, you know, yes, no. Um, I follow meal plans, yes, no. So there's there's questions that help us as professionals Mm -hmm. understand where you're at on your journey. It's not a pass-fail. It's not the end of the world. It just helps us inform where we go with you. And I I honestly find that so helpful. And I use it as a a tool to check in so that people can really see their own progress as well. Like, wow, I said no. And now Mm -hmm. I'm saying yes or the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it really does help, you know, guide to be honest, I don't want to assume everybody has food rules. It's it's not my yeah. job to assume that, right? But as I said, I think people drop little nuggets along the way that are to a professional quite yeah. obvious, maybe not to them, but mm-hmm. you know, we're all listening actively for those little clues in their body language or the words or the judgment that they use on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and too, I, what kind of comes to my mind as you're sharing, I'm just thinking of the words like context clues, right? Like, you know, what are you saying? What are the words that you're using often? What's the tone? What's your body language, right? Yeah. When you're sharing certain- what you don't want to share kind of. Right. What you don't want to yeah. share. And yeah. too, I'm even thinking kind of a, of a takeaway for, for anyone who is listening, you know, that is a, the power of being able to work with, I kind of call the coach or the professional, it's like the non bi third party, right? It's like, I care about you. I I want to see you succeed and I want to put you in that driver's seat, but you know, I'm not going to,
going to be like your mom or your partner who's going to be super biased, right? I'll say, you know, it sounds like you just shared that, you know, three times in the last minute, as you mentioned, you know, might that be because of X, Y, and Z? So it's kind of um, having a detective rather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it. Um, and, yeah. and I think too, again, if anyone's listening and they're like, I'm not working with a professional, you know, maybe that's not an available resource for me right now. Um, just maybe doing something like, you know, a journaling practice or um, repeating back what you say to yourself. Um, yeah. Something that I'll offer yeah. to my clients. Yeah. Um, this is kind of along the lines of something that I'll say about food rules, but I say, you know, the, the girl in the back seat, she has a tone. <laughs> she has kind of like this judgy, like she just ashed on everything. So when you, yes. when you hear that, when you hear that voice outside of you, just like pause for a second, right? It's like the awareness piece and just repeat it back to yourself. Maybe write it down and see how writing it is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, that's something that I have many of my clients do who do struggle with food rules. I say, how, how might you feel if you just write these down for the next week yeah. and see what comes yeah. up, see how often, see if there's a theme. So I'm hoping anyone who's listening, who's, you know, absorbing what you both just shared, they can maybe take away what words do I use? What tones do I use? You know, how does my girl in the backseat or how does Becky <laughs> show up in my life? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm yeah. that to just point myself in the direction of yeah. what might be really helpful for me to just kind of narrow in on before I move on to the next. Like thing. a stock tape. Yeah. Which can probably kind of be a, a confronting to a lot of people reading that back to themselves. But yes, it's definitely important. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you wouldn't say those things to a friend. So why should you say those things to yourself? Right. And, and that's something that I'll share too. And I think many of us, we've heard something similar along those lines. And it's like, I know I wouldn't say this to somebody yeah. else, but I can't, I can't take my own advice. So I think that's a really beautiful kind of takeaway. I always too, as we're kind of, you know, learning about each other and sharing, I always like to make sure here on the podcast that anyone who's listening is like, I learned something that I can take <laughs> and do today. Yeah. So um, thank you both so much for, for kind of sharing that. And as we, we work towards kind of the end of our episode here because I do want to be respectful of your time. I know you all are both waking up. I don't know. I'm about to go to bed. <laughs> it's about my bedtime. Um, but I do have um, a couple of questions here as we wrap up. One will be a little bit more logistical, but the first one is something that I always end um, guest episodes with, much like how I mm -hmm. open with our lightning round of questions. Um, but I believe it was one of you shared a couple of moments ago, just kind of giving yourself space. Um, I would call that just being gentle with yourself. Um, mm. you know, one of my themes here on the podcast, as I'm sure both of you will resonate with, is how can we give ourselves just a little bit more space? How can we hold space for self-compassion? How can we, you know, pat ourselves on the back for something that we did do today rather than beat ourselves up for all that we didn't do? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to know um, for each of you, what is maybe a practice or something that you have in your day-to-day -day life that allows you to be a little bit more gentle with yourself, if that makes sense? I like mm. that question. I like the, I mean, starting the day with three things you're grateful for, mm -hmm. um, but especially ending the day with three things, I guess, essentially that you're grateful for or that you did well today. Because I think we always get stuck on the negatives and the the shit things that we did, mm -hmm. um, you know, or we said something to they somebody and more. yeah. And now I'm really like scared that I hurt their feet. Yeah. Like they stand out more because, you know, I don't think we give ourselves a pat on the back enough for all the positive things we do. So I like the ending the day with three things that, you know, I nailed today and that might be, yeah. you know, I went to the gym and I deadlifted, you know, the most I ever have. Um, and that is reframing my thoughts of, you know, 
oh, you know, I'm useless, um, you know, my jeans didn't fit today, or that kind of thing. Instead, it's, you know, I'm proud of my body because it deadlifted more than it normally does. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think just being kind to ourselves because then we see that actually we're really great at things um, and we don't have to get caught up on the negatives. Um, but like Nadia said before, women are really hard on themselves and it's easy to to find the negatives in um in life. They're noisy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm not great. This has actually been an area of personal development in the past six months for me is I'm not great at self-soothing. Um, I have a, a really, and maybe that's why I like this work because I, <laughs> I really resonate with being incredibly hard on yourself. Um, that's just in my nature. So I'm unlearning that helpful behavior and I've been replacing it with two things. So one of them is um, a, every second day I meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a time frame that works for me and doesn't put too much pressure on having to do it every day. That's something mm-hmm. that stresses me out. So mm-hmm. every second day gives me a, a space. Um, and not only does the practice mean it's something I look forward to, I've only been doing it for four months, but the shift in mindset is something I'm the most grateful for. I leave, I have a big smile on my face. I have a completely different outlook on myself, my surroundings, the gratitude I feel just for breath is enormous. And that is not, to be honest, how I walk around in my day. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like a tiny sliver mm-hmm. of taking it easy and, and just doing the really basic, like, you know, life is great and I'm very lucky that I have life mm-hmm. and, and just a very basic level that I don't think many of us carry with our day um, and the other thing I've been introducing is actually voicing um, more of my gratitude to the, those around me mm-hmm. um, which can actually feel really uncomfortable for me I don't know if others feel like that mm-hmm. it can feel a little bit strange to be like I really appreciate that <laughs> thing you said to me or I've, I've just been doing it, um, whether it's to my husband or my mom or just even a little text of, you know, I saw something you did online and I loved it. And just trying to send that appreciation to others in my life is very gratifying to me. It feels really good. I yeah. like that. And I think to a lot of people that would be really unnatural because it I seems, mean, it seems yeah, weird. I've got to be honest. It does seem weird in our society. But it's really, to, yeah. To be, which is sad, to be that kind and to yeah. be that honest and vulnerable. Um, I and also in our society to like accept that compliment yeah. or nice words can feel yeah. a bit weird sometimes. Yeah. yeah that idea nice. of um, accepting a compliment and not saying, oh, mm. no, right. Or, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Right. Yeah. So I think there's um, multiple things that, that people could take away there, whether it's, you know, expressing gratitude morning and night, whether it's taking that and, and verbalizing it or putting it out yeah. there into the world. That's something that kind of intrigued my interest yeah. a bit because I, I think we often think that sometimes like, oh, that's so oh, yeah, cool. We all do. Yeah. That, that individual did that. Or, you know, I'm so grateful that I have X, Y, and Z, but I, I understand what you're saying to say it mm. out loud. <laughs> it's kind of like it, it might feel, or I can imagine it might feel a little bit unnatural. So uh, I'm uh, thinking about ways that I can incorporate that as well. And, and I want to thank both of you for coming on, for sharing a bit of your Friday morning with me. Thanks I'm Julie. Truly grateful. <laughs> um, as I mentioned but before we hit record, this is the first time that I've interviewed two individuals at once. I 
I think we did an okay job. Like, you did a great job. You did a great you, job. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you all did an awesome job as well, playing off each other. I can tell that there's a lot of hours spent together behind that mic. <laughs> there's a, a very natural play off of each other. So kind of on that note, can you tell all of my listeners where they can find you, where they can download your podcast, where they can learn more about Becky, <laughs> more about both of you? Oh, Becky. Um, so you can find, so what do I eat? You can find us, um, well, sorry, what the hell do I eat? She you doesn't find, even know the name of our podcast. <laughs> no, that is our Instagram. <laughs> okay. So you can find what the hell do I eat, um, on Facebook. We have a community, what the hell do I eat? Um, and on Instagram, we are what do I eat dot the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we have a website as well. Um, www.whatthehelldoyate.com um, and then personal Instagram and social medias. I'm Monica Fenwick Nutrition on Instagram um, and Nadia. I have a really weird name, but I'm Nadia Felsch, which is it's like Welsh, but Felsch. With a C. With a C. With a C. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a very weird name. <laughs> um, but if you, um, if you do want to join our Facebook community, it's, yes. it's, it's private, but it's open to anyone that is I interested. would highly recommend joining our Facebook community. It's like we're all Becky's on there and it's a really supportive group and everyone's really kind to each other and, and motivating funny. and it's funny. Yes. And funny. funny. Yeah. That's the most important thing. I love that so much. Um, one of my favorite things as well, I have a very similar to just a free, um, but it's a private Facebook community and it's so fun mm-hmm. to just take and build community, build, you know, people who support each other, who haven't even met each other, right? It's yeah, so know, fun. Yeah. So I'm hoping anyone who might be listening, who's like, oh, these gals seem cool, right? Let me go over, see what they're about and kind of get the support and that community aspect as well. So again, we promise. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any type of like application or they just look it up on Facebook? No, no, you just, you just, yeah, request. Just request. And we just kept it private for member privacy. I'm sure you're the same. Create a safe space. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you both again so much for joining me here on the podcast. For anyone who is listening, thanks for tuning in. As I say, um, please go and give these ladies a follow, follow them on their podcast, learn more about Becky. And until next time, listeners, yours Julie, Claire, Monica, (laughs) and Nadia. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) See you later. Hey, me again, all alone this time, just me, no Monica, no Nadia. I wish they were still here with me. That would be a blast, but it is just me checking back in to say thank you so much again for being here, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Yours Truly podcast. As always, if you are loving the messages that we share here on the Yours Truly podcast, there is no better way to help the show grow and to help more people hear these types of messages than to like, love, and share this episode and share the podcast. So if you would like to, you can take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this episode and upload it to your favorite social media channel. Maybe tag me, maybe tag Monica and Nadia as well to let us know that you listened. Or if you are listening on any type of podcast platform that allows you to rate and review the show, I would be forever grateful if you could tap those five stars. And if you have a couple of extra moments and you feel so inclined. I would love it if you could leave a review to let people know what you love about the show. But I will talk to you next week. Take care of yourself. Spread that National Eating Disorder Awareness Week message, and we'll see you back here soon. Bye.